you're on a hot date with Jennifer Golden and Lauren Leonelli. And now, it's complicated. Are you working from home? Are you dating from home? Managing personal and professional aspects of life look much different now for most of us, and keeping everything organized while holding yourself accountable is way more complicated than ever. Why not manage all areas of life from the comfort of your home while feeling like part of a motivational community? We found an app that can do all of this and more. Shape and Foster is a lifestyle development app that provides monthly actionable insight from experts in mental health, financial planning, nutrition, fitness, yoga, and even a life coach. And you have a village of Shape and Foster users going through all of the courses alongside you to help with accountability and motivation. In a world where we're learning more and more each day that we have a little control in what happens around us, the one thing we can control is how we show up for ourselves. And Shape and Foster is a one-stop shop for self-improvement that will fit seamlessly into your stay-at-home lifestyle. If single, now's the time to really focus on you and who you want to be. If coupled up, this is a great app to help you grow together and spice things up a bit. So visit www.shapeandfoster.com for your free 14-day trial and take advantage of the special membership price of $99 annually or $14 monthly. Thank us later. Hello, Master Daters. Welcome back for another episode of It's Complicated. The struggle is real when you're dating in the city. I'm Jen. And I'm not Jen. You know how you text your friends and ask them what to wear on the first date? How to respond to a text from your crush or to weigh in on whether you should post a certain pic on the socials? Yeah, well, that's what we call your village, and we think you can't date or relate without them. Join our village every week because we're serving you expert guests who are filled with tips and tricks that will take some of the guessing out of the game. Make sure you subscribe and share our pod with your friends so we can help the village grow bigger. And you can find us at It's Complicated Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And do not forget to tell a friend. After staying at home and being isolated for a year, we are curious to see what kind of trends will emerge in 2021. We feel like going to work and offices is out, FaceTime dating is in, and when it comes to sex, will people be more careful? Ew, germs, or like way more sexual because we're all desperate for human touch. Thank goodness we have Susan Bratton, relationship expert, author, and trusted hot sex advisor to millions in to discuss her cutting edge and highly entertaining predictions and trends in the realm of love and intimacy for 2021 that is sure to stretch your possibility for orgasmic pleasure and connection. Susan is a champion and advocate for all who desire passionate relationships. She's considered the dear Abby of sex. Susan's fresh approach and original ideas have helped millions of people of all ages and across the gender spectrum transform sex into passion. And you guys, Susan's been on our show before, so this is a little refresher. Married to her husband, Tim, since 1993, which is essentially a feat in itself because people don't do that anymore. Susan is an author, award-winning speaker, and serial entrepreneur who teaches passionate lovemaking techniques to her fans around the world. Susan has been featured in the New York Times and on CNBC and the Today Show, as well as appearing on all of the other ones as the marriage magician. Susan's straight-talking 
fearless approach is rooted in her personal experience of watching her sex life wither while she and her husband pursued dynamic careers. When their relationship at a crisis point, the couple made a fierce commitment to do whatever it took to keep their family together and revive the passion in their marriage. Today, she and her husband have the kind of dream relationship most people long since stopped believing is even possible. Until they discover Susan's teachings, of course. Susan is CEO and co-founder, with her husband, of Personal Life Media. Through her company, Susan has authored books including Relationship Magic, The Passion Patch, and 30 Romance Tricks That Work Like Magic, as well as her international number one bestseller, Sexual Soulmates, The Six Essentials for Connected Sex. She's authored 20 books, and now she's getting ready for 2021. Welcome back to the show, Susan. Yay, I'm so glad to be back. Thanks for letting me do my 2021 sex trends this year. We've got a regular thing going, and we had so much fun last year that you were the first two I dialed up and said, "Let's can we do it again? And you were like, yeah. So I'm glad we're here in January looking at what is possible for this year for us to have more connection, more intimacy, and more pleasure. Well, let's just dive right in then and tell us what the top 10 trends for 2021 are going to be because I think everyone needs some new trends in their life. They also need some sex. So tell us. Yeah. So when I thought about it, one of the things that I do is I talk to a wide variety of people from 18 to 90 years old um, of all walks of life around the world. I'm I'm very much a global sexpert. And I talk to people across the gender spectrum. I talk to them across the single dating, poly, open, you name it. You know, so I get a really wide flavor of things. And I also do a lot of primary research. I do a lot of primary data collection because I can reach so many people and I can really get a sense of trends. So one of the things that I can tell you is that as I thought about what the sex trends are, what's coming, this is what you should be looking towards, something you should consider for yourself as a possibility, because these are often leading edge type of things that the early few are doing. This is where the early adopters are, and this is what might be interesting to you too. And as I looked at the 10, I I thought to myself, oh, well, four of these are for singles, four of these are for people in relationship, and two of these are for everybody. And I thought that was funny how it came out so balanced. So I'll start with the singles. And um, I have funny little names for some of them. The first one is um, Quarpar Polypod. And that is your quarantine partner or being in a, a pod of people that you have safe sex with in a year like we're still fighting with the pandemic. <clears throat> the second one is something I put a lot of time into which is video dating games, giving people the opportunity to start dating at home before you take all the effort to go out and meet. And I've got some really fun dating games to, to, to explain to you, to share with your listeners. The next is what I call the red-blue filter. And it's really that we used to have a safe sex conversation, but now what's happened in the political catastrophe of our country and our great divide has required us to put a filter above safe sex. And that is, are you red or are you blue? And I'll go into some of the reasons why I think the safe sex conversation has become actually easier. 
And then the last one in the singles area is gender fluidity. And gender fluidity is definitely on the rise and not just with the 20-somethings, but with people across all age groups. And that really leads into harnesses. And this goes into couples now. Harnesses, dildos, and strap-ons, oh my. I want to talk more about that category of sex toys because more and more people are using them and for very different reasons, which feeds into this gender fluidity experience. Then on couples, I also... Uh, saw a really interesting trend in some of my primary research asking couples what they were the worst at in bed. And one of them was using sex toys during lovemaking. And there are some very interesting sex toys out there for couples now that I want to tell you about. Oh, yeah. I want to hear about that. Good. Great, great. And then another one in the couples is actually kind of disappointing. It's the one, the the rise of the one bedroom unit, the constraint of one bedroom units. Um, people are moving around like crazy in the pandemic, and everybody. There are massive divorces, massive breakups, roommates are breaking up, all kinds of things, and the one bedroom unit is in high desire and low inventory. So we've kind of covered that one. I just explained it. The other, the last couple one is how to have sex when the kids are home and why to have sex when the kids are home. Oh my God, that I, yeah, that makes me nervous. So that's one that we should definitely talk more about. And then um, the two general ones, the number one, the, the I'm going to call it the molecule of the year, the 2021 molecule of the year, nitric oxide and why it's not nitrous oxide that the dentist gives you, what it is and why you want to know about it for your vulva and your penis. Oh, and wow. <laughs> the new thing to take to pump up the jam. And then finally, the do-it-yourself genital rejuvenation sexual biohacking sphere has totally exploded with some new technologies and techniques and treatments and things that you can now start doing things at home that you used to have to go to the doctor for. Another big trend. So there you go. That's the top 10 2021 sex trends by Susan Bratton. Wow. That is a lot. And there's like a lot that are already, I mean, it's very balanced, like you said. And there's like a lot that I already like as a parent and in a couple like that I am just dying to dive into. Jen, is there anything that jumped out at you? Yes, of course. The ones that are like pertaining to being single and dating from home because I personally wonder how you can gauge chemistry with somebody that you're just swiping with or texting with that then maybe take to a FaceTime. And if there are any tips for how to actually like get to see if there's chemistry and then how you take it to the next step of any sort of sexy talk. Yeah, I've got some really good stuff for that. That's my whole sexy dating games. So we should for sure cover that one. So let's start with the ones that you're most interested in. So you want to talk, let's talk about the video dating games and, and also this idea of the quarpar, the quarantine partner or the polypod. So, you know, we can talk about those kind of two together. And then um, Lauren, what were the ones you, that you wanted to talk about? Sex. You want to talk about sex toys, love making sex toys, yeah, right? For couples. And then because like I, you know, you want to keep it, you're in a relationship, you're living at home, keeping it together, keeping it spicy and, and hot is obviously something any couple wants to, you know, have some tips for. But in addition, 
it, right now it's it's a big deal i think because we're feeling a little like stuck in a rut we're isolated at home like that keeping it hot and sexy and spicy and all that that is like i think a little bit more of a necessity during the time like this so i'm definitely interested in the sex toys for that but the sex while the kids are at home because like again we're all freaking stuck at home together like why how to do that and why that's like a necessity like you pointed out like why we should be doing that like i definitely need an answer for that one so those are are popping out at me let's start with the video dating games the reason i I wrote a really good article with eight sexy video games you can play that are dates that you can do over video chat because i see that I, i have always been a big proponent of using online dating apps if you're not if you're single and you don't want to be and you're not doing online dating that's step 1 right and step and i have by the way i have a really good series of videos on my better lover youtube on my better lover channel that at betterlover.com that is called midlife dating if you're in your 30s 40s 50s 60s and you're single Here's exactly what you need to do step-by-step. I break it down for you, make it really simple and not overwhelming to call in the person you're looking for, to get really clear about what you want. But then if someone is like, bing, comes into your online dating and they're interested in you and you're interested in them, you're going to have a video chat because texting is good, but video chatting is better. You can see them, you can hear them, you can get a feel for who they are. And if you like them, that's great. So I, what I came up with were some kind of icebreaker type things. And then I went all the way to very sexy things that you can do together on a video date. So maybe first you start with just a chat to get to know each other. And I have lots of questions that you can ask because a lot of times people don't know what to say. And then if you want to actually play some games and have some fun, I have all kinds of things like doing a mirroring type of movement exercise for those of us who are more kinesthetic to giving your, you know, your date a tour of your apartment or your house and the different places you've envisioned, you know, having a hot makeout to doing something called lion's play, where you're actually um, cavorting about like dolphins and lions, and you're, you're, you're actually pantomiming animal behavior. It gets you into a really silly mode that's a lot more fun, especially if you combine it with a drinking game and one of your great cocktail recipes. <laughs> um, those kinds of things can be really fun. And I also show you I've got about 10 of them, King's Game and Queen's Game. I've got one where you show the person the places you like to be touched on your body and how you like them touched. For example, one of my favorite things is to be held in my lover's arms, and I love to have my hair stroked from the top of my head down. I don't like my hair messed up but I love to be stroked in a soothing way. I like really long, flat of the hand type of strokes down my back, down my arms, down my neck. I love to have my neck kissed. I love to have my clavicles kissed. I love to have my sternum stroked. I love to have my eyelids kissed. I love to have my forehead kissed. And so when you start 
talking like that. It's not overtly like super sexy, but it's very erotic and sensual. And it's also, Susan, that it does help sort of like the way you described like the tone of your voice and the cadence. It's sort of like, could it could really make the other person visualize like the pace in which you like to be touched and like the areas, like I was really like picturing like your hair and like not to mess it up, but to, you know, like it was very detailed. And so I think it's, if you say it that way, like you get into the same tone of the feeling that you, the vibe that you're trying to produce, like a a very relaxing vibe. If you relax your voice, it helps the other person sort of get into it and feel like they, they would know exactly what to do when you want them to be doing it. I have a question about how to um, actually get somebody to do this with you because like a lot of people are afraid to even have these conversations in general and don't know how to just dive right into like testing the waters to see if there's chemistry or to see if somebody's on board with these kinds of things. How do you recommend someone actually suggest playing these kinds of games? Well, there's lots of ways you can do it. Um, The first one is just to say, hey, um, on our first date, I read this article about, you know, eight sexy video games, and some of them looked really fun to me. Maybe we should try to do a video game instead of just, you know, let's have a real date over video and play a game together. Here's a link to the page. These are the three that look good to me. Let me know if you want to do one. Like, it can be that simple. And to find the page, you go to personallifemedia.com. And in the search box, just type in sexy video games and it'll cut the article will come up Um, or Google sexy video games, Susan Bratton, and maybe it'll work that way too. So I would say just show them the games and pick three of your favorites or say, hey, I have two game ideas. Can I tell you what they are? And would, would you do one of them with me or something like it? The other thing that's really interesting about these sexy video games is that one of the things I give you, it's linked in the article, is, and I'm sorry, I can't give you everything in a single podcast. We got 10 trends to go through. But um, one of the things that I do is I also teach you how to create and mount the energy, build the energy, and then bring your partner back to earth gently from the excitement to leave them in a blissful state, really owning the entire arc of the experience so that it feels like you've taken them on a very sensual, erotic, playful adventure. Uh, This is particularly nice when the masculine controls that frame and that arc and the feminine can surrender to that and go along and ride his ride. That's going to get her really turned on when she doesn't have to tell him what to do. When he has a plan, when he's the man with a plan, a woman really likes that. Yeah, I that definitely is something that would speak to most women, I think. I mean, Jen, you love that, like a man with a plan, like that's your jam, right? Totally. I like I, the fact that I don't even know why they don't have them anymore. And I've been watching a lot of Bridgerton on Netflix. Um, Me too. <laughs> it's just so like they were men and they took charge. Of course, they also took charge of women's rights. But at the same time, there's something super sexy about how they're like, they showed up and they their duty was to like actually take care of the woman and to treat her like a lady and ask for permission for things, but then also just like dive in. So I think there's something that maybe I hope the trend is back in 2021 where men do what men do and, and can have a plan to satisfy us. Thank you. 
So I want to go on to the Quarpar polypod. So Quarpar means quarantine partner. And um, it's interesting. I'm in a quali, I'm in a poly quad um, with my husband and I with another couple. And they've been our quarantine partners for the whole year. And we've done everything together. We had Christmas together. We'll have New Year's together. We've we've basically quarantined together. And I posted that recently on my Facebook page, on my personal Facebook page. And so many people said, oh, I want a quorum. <laughs> you know, like, I guess I didn't realize how extra special it really is to create and to name your group. We call ours, we, we have constantly rename our group. Like we just have fun calling ourselves whatever it is because we, we feel like we're so special together. But we've been calling it the quality poly quad pod recently. Um, QPQP, we've been calling ourselves and just having fun with it. And it really creates a sense of belonging. It creates a commitment. It creates security that you know that those people that you're in partnership with are holding to the same safe sex, safe living, safe pandemic measures that you are. And we all have agreements about everything uh, from masking to being monogamous to each other. And that can, that do, you don't have to do it sexually. You can do it without having sex, or you can do it with kind of like a hybrid type of thing. And I'll give you an example. Two couples could be in a quality pod together and not have intercourse or have sex with each other, like not do swapping, but you could do parallel play. You can throw down a blanket in front of the fireplace and make love to your partner next to the other couple or have a hot makeout together on the sofa side by side, you know, with some romantic music. It doesn't necessarily have to go, quote unquote, all the way. Another thing that's really fun is a couple can bring a third person into the relationship for however long it lasts, a weekend, a month, a year, a decade. It doesn't matter. There are many people in successful poly or open relationships, poly relationships. Poly is really, the distinction is that poly is kind of this long-term commitment to additional people in, you know, in a, in a monogamous relationship where open is more, we're open and we're having multiple partners over time. We're open to things evolving and changing a little bit at potentially a faster pace. And that's just based on your confidence in your relationship. You're, you have to have a good, solid, existing relationship before you open or go poly. But once you do, those relationships can last for decades. And taking a third in, and by the way, I know that most people are thinking, okay, if it's a, if it's a male-female couple, let's bring in another woman. But I can tell you that there are incredible benefits to it being two men and a woman a woman. That's called an MFM, two men and a woman. And the men don't need to be bisexual, although we'll talk about gender fluidity in this moment where more and more men are, if not wanting to try, you know, penetration with another man, they are open to maybe sucking a cock or having their cock sucked with their eyes closed and imagining it's a girl or, you know, definitely like levels there. It doesn't have to be like you said with any of this, it doesn't have to be going all the way. There's definitely like, 
dipping your toes in the water and and seeing you know the different um like severities if you will before you get like all up in arms about the idea of it you have to know that there's definitely like this is the the gateway drug to this sort of thing if you will and it isn't even a gateway drug. It can always just be, I like to be with you. We, we're we bros and we like to come the crap out of this lady and we work together to do it. And hey, if my leg touches your arm, I'm not going to get freaked out. We're both straight, but we like to partner up and have incredible threesomes and co-create incredible pleasure together. That also comes from like, men watching porn like they're watching another guy have sex with a woman potentially in whatever they're watching so it's more like real life porn yeah i i don't know that it necessarily needs to be anything like porn at all i think that it's much better if it's not actually because then when it's much more heart connected and conscious and slow and inclusive and when people feel vulnerable or insecure they say so and the other two bring them back into the fold um those kinds of things are never really modeled on porn and so i think letting go of porn and being very present and in the moment to what everyone feels would be fun right now and trying new things. Oh, hey, you guys, I just got an idea. Maybe we could do, have you ever heard of this? You know, or I've always wanted to try this thing. Or maybe if I lie down here and you get on top, you know, then if it's free flowing and loving, it's a a way more sexually and sensually satisfying and wholesome lovemaking experience, which is kind of what I stand for. (laughs) It's way less scary though. I think like what Jen's meaning is, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jen, is that like, if you are, if you're a guy and you've, or girl, but let's just say we're speaking from the male perspective because we are, and you watch porn and you have watched porn and you like it, or you, you know, dabble in it and you use it for like pleasure or whatever. Obviously then if you're being invited into a relationship where it's another man and another woman, and you're the third man then, or the third person, but you're a man, then you are essentially watching a porn scene, if you will, live in front of you and you're like then getting to engage in it so it's not as far of a like long shot idea if you have seen porn and you like it to then just include yourself in the like virtual porn like it's in front of you like now you're part of the scene that you like watching so like Mm -hmm. it's not quite as crazy of a thought if you compare it to that I think yeah yeah that's what I think I was sort of like thinking that maybe for men who think if they were the third partner versus a female being the third partner to a couple that they might think that that's like an act of being bisexual but really like knowing that there are different levels like you expressed Susan but like also coupled with the fact that they might actually already watch men you know, having sex in porn that they might do on their own time or uh, whatever they do, that they might be more comfortable with the idea because of the fact that it's not like they've never seen another man have sex before. So they might actually enjoy the idea and be more open to it when they think about it in that regard. Yeah. Plus a lot of men really get off on just watching their woman get pleasured by another man. You know, that's very, very common, much more common than people think. Most people yeah. think I know that- a couple that does that. And you it is much more common because if I can think yeah. of one couple that I know, they I mean they that's their jam. They like yeah. that they do and you know, and I do think that it is something if you think about like again, relating to porn, like there's something about 
the being voyeuristic that people find sexy. And it's, it's all, again, the different levels of that. And this is one of them. It's more like live action, if you will. You're like actually getting to do it instead of just watching. Like you're, it's yeah. in person. Yeah. And I think the more that you can bring friendship and heart connection to the experience, the more fulfilling it is. Uh, sex without intimacy is always a little flat. So instead of thinking, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a porn star now, think, oh, wow, I'm, I'm operating at a very high level of interrelational dynamics. <laughs> Not like that's what you'd ever think unless you were a sexual psychotherapist, but, <laughs> but you know what I mean, you know, like give yourself some credit for really operating at a very high level of sophisticated um, personal interpersonal relationships. <laughs> Pretty cool. <laughs> now, so with those interpersonal relationships, what level of testing and communication about health needs to be done? Because in the past, we were more worried about STDs potentially, and now we have the added layer of COVID and its strains and various, um, you know, paths COVID is taking. So, what are the kinds of conversations people need to have to become part of these polypods? Yeah. Well, I'd say the. Um the very first thing is that COVID is a communicable disease. So uh, STDs are communicable diseases. So they all fall into, you can catch them. And, and in, in the case of COVID, you can die, or you can be seriously affected in a very long-term way for months, if not years from the post-viral symptoms of COVID. So it's, and it seems like it's a real crapshoot as to who, who gets maimed and who gets hurt and who remains unscathed. So I think the first thing you start with is if you have any political orientation these days, it is helpful to have a discussion about that because more and more people are saying, you know, I'm, uh, I'm only going to date Democrats or I'm only going to date Republicans. Um, and it almost seems like these days you start there and then you start with, okay, then what are your, what are your safe COVID practices? Are you, you know, sheltering in place as much as you can? Are, you know, are you wearing a mask or do you not believe in them for some ridiculous reason? Um, or you've been hoodwinked into thinking you should kill yourself and other people. Um, you have to get to that really early on because there's no reason to talk about STDs until you realize whether or not you have a values match with the person and they're conducting their general health in a way that's going to keep you safe. And if they're not, then they're not even a, a prospect. And then when you get to, okay, you know, they, they vote blue and they wear a mask or whatever your thing is, which I hope, I hope it's that. <laughs> then the next thing that you have to talk about is, um, okay, how are we going to deal with getting STD tests? You get STD tests and then, okay, am I going to need you to be monogamous to me if we're having sex? And if not, and we're in some kind of poly relationship or open relationship, what are the testing criteria? How many people are you sleeping with? How many people are they exposed to? How many people that they're exposed to are non-mask wearers? Does that put me at risk? Yes, it does. Okay, maybe I can't even have sex with you. So there's quite a pachinko game of, you know, consideration that has to go on and conversation before you decide to risk your life having sex with someone. So it's, that's the order that I would have the conversations in. And also I have 
on my Better Lover uh, website. I have a series of videos that are how to have the safe sex test uh, talk, when to have the safe sex talk, and what are the eight questions to ask. So uh, you can get more there about how and what to say to feel more confident and comfortable. And what I can tell you is that with any one of these conversations, whether it's are you red or blue, do you wear a mask or not, can we get STD tests, it gets easier with practice. So you just have to gulp and say those things to keep yourself and other people safe. It's your responsibility to do so. That's we really agree. Fun. And I think that is the lesson that has come out of 2020 is to make your health a priority. And it's forced us all to communicate about like uncomfortable things. Like where you in the past wouldn't question whether you should go like hang out with somebody in person or go on a date with them. Now you're like, well, who have you seen lately? How many people has that person seen? How, when was the last time you got tested? Since when you got your results, who have you seen after that? And how are you feeling? Like the fact that we even have to dive so deeply into our health tracing, I think set a stage for better communication moving forward. And if we continue to be in that habit, then I think people will continue to treat each other's health more preciously and also just continue these conversations because it was awkward in the past to ask these questions. And now it's like, well, you have to. Yep. Safe sex convo made easier. Yep. Thank you. 2020. <laughs> Silver linings. Yeah. And it's also kind of a way to like, well, you hope that someone's being honest with you. Like if you're sort of moving into dating someone more seriously, it's kind of like a great way to ask if they're having sex with other people or if they're seeing other people, not even having sex, but like, if they're going to be honest with you, you're going to know, like if they're dating other women or men, like it's kind of a great way to ask that question in a roundabout way, you know, because if you're exposing yourself, normally it's okay to be like dating multiple people at the same time. But right now it's kind of hard to do that with all yep. the exposure. So it's like a way to reveal someone's, you know, commitment level. Yeah. And that's why having a quarantine partner who's monogamous to you or quarantine partners who are monogamous to you, getting in that monogamous pod of people who hold the same values you do about keeping each other safe. Uh, that's really a nice time for this right now. Do you think then that this is going to be a resurgence of some form of monogamy then? Because like even within a polypod where you would think it's not potentially monogamous because there's other people involved and most people have this schema that monogamy is two people. Do you think monogamy will become more important moving forward? Yeah, poly is monogamy. That's the difference between open and poly to me is that poly is we're a monogamous group to each other. Some of us might not fuck each other. But no one fucks outside this group. That's what a polypod is. And that's what I think is so fantastic in a, in a viral pandemic is you have your partners, they have your values match, they're treating themselves as, they're keeping themselves as safe as you're keeping yourself so that you can all relax, get together, make love, have fun. You know, it's just so nice that way. Speaking of the pandemic, I have like a, a little tangent here slash question. Like, so the, Joe Rogan has a massive podcast that everyone knows, the Joe Rogan Experience. And he recently, he interviewed Nicholas Christakis. I think that's how you say it. He's this like Yale professor, physician, and he talks about vaccinations and the social impact of the disease. And he predicts, and I think this is quite interesting, 
that based on like historical trends, right? Pandemics have happened. We've gone through a lot of them. Some of them are more severe than others, but there is actual history and his expertise that he bases this prediction on that the 2020s are going to be like the roaring 1920s. So like once this pandemic runs its course, he thinks by 2024, I know I'm going to cry and we get to the herd immunity. Like there's only so many people this thing can infect before you start to, it starts to level out. And this is again, history and science. Like he thinks sexual promiscuity increases, social gatherings increase, people are going to bars. Like that, I mean, it's going to be like another sexual revolution, like I I feel like that's going to happen, but he says, historically speaking, this is what happens. Like, this is a thing. This is a real thing to expect. Uh, He's right on both counts. I think 2024, when I'm on your show, we're going to be talking a lot about orgies and how how you attend them, what you need to know. What every good slut does when she goes to an orgy. (laughs) So that's our 2024 uh, sex trends episode. (laughs) And slut is like a a word we use lovingly here. Like that's like a fun word. We're not slut shaming. Like we're talking like in the the sense of the word is like you can just go do whatever you want. Like own your sexuality type thing. Yeah, exactly. Every good slut. We all... Every woman has a fabulous slut inside her, and when she is released, it is the most empowering, amazing, life-affirming, pleasure-filled, satisfying aspect of any woman's life. I cannot wait for Jen to release her inner (laughs) slut. It's there. Jen, you got to do it. Let her go. I listen, she existed before. She may come back again. We don't know, but it sounds like not till 2024 is she allowed <laughs> to roam freely. So I will do my calisthenics and prepare. <laughs> Stretch it out. Calisthenics are such a good idea when you're doing a lot of sex positions. <laughs> Exactly. So I'll be ready because I'm gonna be home stretching for the next three years. Great. Well, listen, we only have a few minutes left and a lot of a lot of ground to cover. Um, I want to do some of these pretty quick. Um, I want to talk about sex when the kids are home. Yes, please. This is this is going to be a a 30 second rant, basically, which is if you have children at home and you don't you're not having sex because you don't want the kids to hear or you can't get any privacy or, you know, the millions of reasons why kids get in the way of your sex life. What I want to do is tell you that almost all of the people that I talk to who feel like they've been damaged by their parents uh, regarding their sexuality, it is because their parents never modeled loving, kindness, touch, affection, sexual desire. Uh, They never really heard them making love. Uh, And so you're actually hurting your kids by not having sex and not having them know you're having sex. It's okay for them to know that you're making love, that you're having intimacy together. You don't have to have, you don't have to say the word sex. And the best way to do it is to say, and this is when your kids are, when your kids are old enough that you can say to them, mom and dad are going to go into the bedroom and we're going to lock the door and we're going to have some snuggle time. Or dad's going to give mom a massage and you need to occupy yourself for the next three hours unless the house is burning down or something commensurate. 
And we need our private time to connect with each other and love each other. Here are five things I want you to do, you know, whatever, that kind of thing. And when we come out, we're going to be cleaning up the house and you have to help. So don't bother us because then they won't bother you because they don't want to clean up the house. And that way, what you're doing is you're establishing your own time. You're showing them that you do make love. And and if they're 15 or they're 12 and they're like, ew, that's disgusting, that is not that you've done anything wrong in your parenting. Children are grossed out by their parents making love. That's their first reaction as they age because it's their process of individuation. It's not that they're actually disgusted or that you're scarring them. You're actually scarring them by not letting them know that you have a fantastic intimate life. So you've got to find your ways to manage that and do yourself a, a service. It's just the same as if you're if you're making love, if you're in a monogamous relationship and you're having intercourse and the woman is not having orgasms from intercourse and she says to herself, well, I'm just not that kind of woman who can, um, you know, what you're doing is you're ruining your future sex life. You're driving a nail into the coffin of your sex life every time you have sex without having orgasms from intercourse, because after a while, you're no longer going to want to have intercourse with your partner. Every woman can have intercourse, have orgasms from intercourse, from penetration alone, even without touching directly the clitoris. And I, I can come back on the show and talk about how to do that. I've got videos called Penetration Orgasms, Orgasms from Intercourse on BetterLover.com that explain how to do it. But it's the same type of thing. Don't ruin the future of your child. Don't ruin your future sex life by feeling like there's something wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you and it's right to make love and having orgasms from intercourse is your God-given right, and it's a learnable skill. A few women do it easily. The others learn how. That That is true. I can attest to that. That is hopeful, I think, for so many people in terms of the ability to have an orgasm through sex, but also to know that it's okay for them to have sex while the kids are at home and what that means big picture, and that it's not going to traumatize them or anything. It actually benefits them. And I think that makes a lot of sense because when you grow up, the thought of like your parents having sex as like sexual beings and not just your parental units or your guides in life is so foreign because they keep you so removed from it. They even say, you know, when you watch TV shows, close your eyes or you know, they shield you from sex. And then by the time you're having it, you you shield it from them so that they don't know you're doing it. And it just becomes a world of lies and shame and secrecy. Shame. It could exactly. be avoided and it could be this thing that's just part of life and beautiful and not so birds and the bees and so like metaphorical, but like actually a conversation we all start to have. Yes. Jen, thank you for really bringing up that shame piece because that's exactly what we do is we shame our children by not um, extolling the virtues of intimacy and connection and pleasure. Uh, let's talk about lovemaking sex toys right at the end, and I'll just pop through those other two uh, general ones. One of the ones I wanted to talk about was nitric oxide. Nitric oxide is not nitrous oxide. Nitric oxide is something your body makes to shoot the blood, to move the blood around in your body. And COVID really wrecks your vascular system. 
And when you're over 40, you also start to get low in nitric oxide. People think their libido is waning because they're low in hormones, but that is not actually what drives your desire. Uh, Testosterone does drive your desire, but a lot of your desire comes from being able to get a clitoral erection or a penile erection, feeling blood flow, feeling lubrication, having plenty of semen volume, having plenty of vaginal moisture, being able to ejaculate both male and female. That juiciness comes from blood plasma in your pelvic bowl. And when you start to lose nitric oxide production abilities right about your 40s, in your 50s, you have half the amount you had in your 20s. So supplementing with a nitric oxide supplement is really good. If you're under 40, use arginine. If you're over 40, use citrulline. And that's why I make a blood flow supplement, an organic nitric oxide blood flow supplement that brings back vaginal lubrication, that increases sensation, increases orgasmic pleasure, increases erectile function in men and women, because we women have the same amount of erectile tissue as our male-bodied penis owners do. It's just inside us. And so if we're not getting our internal vulval clitoral erection, we're not feeling the pleasure we used to feel. Sex doesn't feel as good. We don't orgasm as intensely. You can reverse the clock with nitric oxide. And this is all natural, right, Susan? Yeah, it's made from, mine is all natural. A lot of them are not. Uh, My product is called Flow, F-L-O-W. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it at the 20 store. Um, I make mine from organic watermelon, organic spinach, organic acerola cherries, and believe it or not, some tannin from pine bark that opens the blood vessels, dilates the blood vessels. Great. I love that it's natural. I'm happy to send some to both of you. So um, email me your address and I'll make sure you get some bottles. Thank you. We are excited about that for sure, especially because it's natural and we are all about that here and anything to help make our sex lives better and of course support you. So thank you for that. And then what are the other sort of additives you were mentioning at the top of the show that can be used for sex? Well, what I was talking about was do-it-yourself genital rejuvenation and sexual biohacking. We used to have to we used to have to like only take Viagra for men or and for a lot of guys it didn't work or for women, we would have to go in and get these really painful lasering treatments inside our vagina to tone our vaginas and get the the tissue thicker again when it started thinning as we aged. Now we have Gains Wave for men and we have the V Fit by Joylux for women. And those two products are things that you can do that restore, basically they restore genital function. We atrophy as we age, just as you get old and wrinkled and your hair goes gray and you get a little smaller and you start to dry out. um, These techniques and technologies are available now and within the price range of the, you know, not everyone, but a lot of people. These are affordable things now. So that's very important is you can keep your genitals in good operating condition until the day you die by doing some of these sexual biohacking treatments. Again, I have written all about this and done tons of videos on these things. So it's all available to delve more deeply into. And let's finish off with lovemaking sex toys. So when I ask couples, what are you really good at and what are you really bad at? They say that one of the things they're the worst at is incorporating toys into lovemaking. And I think this comes from feeling like you should be able to do everything yourself without 
help. But what I would say is that, you know, if you go, if you go in and open up your closet, so Jen and Lauren, how many pairs of shoes do you think you have? Oh my God. Like 25, like 40. Yeah. I think I have like 25 or 30 or something. Yeah. 25 or 30 or 40. And they, they roughly cost, I'm going to say 75 to $150 a piece, right? Oh, yeah, Some of them much more, but we'll just go right on the hundred dollar a piece. one. <laughs> right. Um, and then when you open your bedside drawer, most couples if they have anything, a woman has maybe one go-to vibrator. Maybe if she's like a little crazy, two that she uses. And vibrators are great for solo pleasuring. And solo pleasuring is very, very important, especially for us female-bodied people. We need to have a lot of vibration, thrusting, warmth, stimulation to that vulval tissue to keep the, the, you know, the blood and the engorgement coming into that tissue to keep it healthy. So our male-bodied partners are masturbating regularly, and I really encourage women to masturbate regularly as well because it's going to actually net positive increase the amount of overall partnered sex that you have. The more that you masturbate, the more overall partnered sex you have. So uh, I was talking to some girlfriends like, I don't know how many months ago anymore because space and time is so confusing. Yeah. Um, one of them was saying that she's afraid to use her vibrator because she thinks it will desensitize herself from when she has sex with a real person. Is that nope. not true then? Not at all. It's the opposite. Uh, using vibrators and using different types of vibrators actually increases your orgasmic response, your, your ease of coming, the types of orgasms you can have. You know, women can have 15, men and women both can have 15 different types of orgasms. There's all kinds of orgasmic pleasure, pleasure to be had. So um, no, use more vibrators. And then bring them out during sex. So some really easy ways to do that are hold a vibrator on your clitoris while he's penetrating you. Like that's the single best, easiest thing to do. Another thing that you can do is after you've had intercourse, I always feel like as, as women, we have extra comes in us because now we're all warmed up. We've been penetrated. You know, we're juicy. Uh, we've had a bunch of orgasms. The more orgasms you have, the more, more you can have on top of that. Um, you can have longer and more intense orgasms as you get warmed up. Often having sex like the whole weekend, your Sunday orgasms are the best because you've gotten so much blood flow and engorgement and orgasmic pleasure. It just builds on itself. So, after you've made love, have your partner uh, maybe get a G-Spot wand of some kind. And I've got a great video and downloadable ebook on G-Spot toys and how to use them without hurting your woman, which is very, very important. Um, again, at Better Lover, you can find that. Um, and what's great about using a G-Spot wand after intercourse is that you're, you're really, your vulva is very engorged with blood. And then that pressure of the G-Spot wand sliding up on your G-spot and your partner doing that while you're blissed out. And then you can put a vibrator on your clitoris while they're doing the G-spot toy for you. And you can have tons of really magnificent, like big, deep, orgasmic releases, possibly with ejaculations right at the end. So nice. There's lots of sex positions for incorporating, um, uh, really nice sex toys. Um, I did a really cute ebook with illustrations called Seven 
sex positions, sevensexpositions.com, and you download it. And there's my seven favorite sex positions that incorporate vibrators and other sex toys into lovemaking. And it, I have p- pictures. They, the people are clothed. The characters are clothed, but it shows you what to do. And um, that's a really, really nice thing too. So then there are other types of things like um, one of the companies that I really like that makes really great couple sex toys is Hot Octopus. It's hot octopus with two S's on the end. And uh, one of the things they make is a double double vibrator cock ring that stimulates, it goes under his testicles. And then, so his, basically his cock and balls are in the cock ring. So the vibrator underneath is stimulating his perineum, which is his P-spot, which is his prostate, which is a fantastic orgasm for a man, is a P-spot orgasm. And then the cock ring on the top, it hits her clitoris. And it's really nice when he's on the bottom and she's on top cowgirl style, and she's kind of grinding her clit on that vibrator on the top. And if he can play with her breasts and make out with her while she's riding him and getting that vibration, um, and that has a remote control so she can turn up and down that vibrator on the top. And that can be a really, really intensely orgasmic type of penetration where you're both getting incredible pleasure. There's other ones too. I could keep going, but I am mindful of the time. That was actually a really like relatable. It, it it's it's not anything that sounds super crazy. Like the position wasn't crazy, the things were crazy, but it's like gonna produce like a big awesome like outcome. But it's not like you're asking someone to be like chained to a wall and whipped with like you know people staring at. It's it's not crazy. It's just like nor it feels like kind of normal sex, but like just a way to enhance it. So it's like more digestible. Yeah. Really, we should have had you on before the end of the year, and these could have all been Christmas gifts for people. I know. I'll tell you, it's funny. I have been... I've always done a little bit of a holiday gift guide. Actually, everything is on my website. If you just go to personallifemedia.com and go to holiday gift guide, I have links to this and so many other things that I talk about on this, uh, that I talk about all the time. But it's taken me a, a solid decade to find decent companies with great customer care with efficacious products that are high quality, that are good, you know, good products for the money that lots of my fans have tried and reported back that they love. You know, my holiday gift guide is a decade worth of deep experimentation and knowledge and working with companies to see if they're going to take care of my people or not. So um, check it out. There's some great stuff on there. And I was so proud of it. I, I literally wrote to my to my fans. We do a daily newsletter. I wrote to my fans, this is literally the best gift guide for sex toys there is out there in the world anywhere. There's nobody who's done a better job of this than me. I was so proud to have the relationships that I have and the, the ex- explanation of how to use these things and why these made my list and what's the good shit. And one of the funniest ones, I'll leave you with this. One of the funniest ones is a little company called Keeper Games. I think it's like K-H-E-P-E-R, Keeper Games. And they have this dice game. They have like decks of cards with sex positions and bondage things, and they're okay. I I thought they were cute, little stocking stuffers. But they have this fantastic dice game, and it's for up to four players. So if you're in your polypod, your safe sex corona pandemic polypod, your QP QP, um, or, you know, whatever you want to do, this 
this is a really fun thing because this dice game, I just wrote a cute little story about this dice game where um, each person gets um, a colored dice and it has their body parts on it, like thighs, face, yoni or penis. Um, I forget what the other one is. I don't remember. And um, then it has one dice that says lick, suck, caress, tickle, or something like that. And so you roll the dice and you decide, okay, on this roll, I'm going to lick Janice's whatever, breasts. So let's just say it's breasts. I'm going to lick Janice's breasts. And then your other partners can join in and help. Maybe one person can hold Janice and the other person can be talking about how sexy it is while you're licking Janice's breasts. And the other person be- can be giving Janice a foot rub at the same time. Janice is a lucky girl. Damn. I know, right? (laughs) And so it's such a cute game. So I've discovered these wonderful little things that cost like $4.95. So it's not, you know, all thousand dollar things. It's lots of stuff, you know. And um, that was a cute game. That was a really fun one that I discovered this year. Love that. And this has been such a fun episode. We thank you enough for always coming back to fill us in on the latest trends, what to expect, how to actually participate in them, and really open up the year with some great sex. We're starting the year off with a bang. So thank you again for joining us. And remind everyone where your main website is and how they can follow you on social media. You can always find me on personallifemedia.com. All the videos are at betterlover.com. I'm on Instagram as Susan Bratton, S-U-S-A-N-B-R-A-T-T-O-N. And like I said, go to my website. There's just a wealth of anything you want to know. I've probably written about it (laughs) and I'm here for you. (laughs) Definitely have. And there's tons of books, so many tips and tricks. Thank you again so much. Thank you. And if you want to join the class of master daters, don't forget to follow us on social media at Complicated Show. And it's complicated wherever you get your pods, rate, comment, and share. And you can follow me at Jennifer Golden on all the social means. And you can follow me at Lauren Leonelli on all the social means as well. Love you long time. You're on a hot date with Jennifer Golden and Lauren Leonelli. And now it's complicated. <laughs>